Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his trusted assistant, Michael Pop, as they explore the intersection of faith, movies, and our contemporary context. Welcome back to Christ, Culture, and Cinema. How are you today, Michael? Feeling blessed. Feeling yeah. blessed. You know, but we're halfway through October. Time is just flying. I'm getting old. Yeah, well, that happens. The older you get, the faster the clock and the calendar seem to work. Wow. You know, Halloween is not that far away, and we'll be looking at some... Uh, Halloween type movies in a couple Ooh, of weeks spooky, here. Scary, absolutely. Blood and gore. No, not really. No, not blood and gore. We're gonna look at some more no light-hearted ones. Not this year. All right. Maybe next year. Maybe. I, I mean, I like Scream. Scream's one of my favorite horror movies. Well, yeah. I mean, that's funny. There's some funny stuff in there. You got the Fonz. That's true. And we could we could yeah. always go back to Halloween. Little Jamie Lee Curtis, oh, the, the one that yeah. really started the whole genre. But she did. You know, today we're not gonna go. There. No, not at all. Uh, today we're going to go in a very different direction. We're going to return to the MCU. Now, we were only there a couple of weeks ago with the Guardians of the Galaxy part, Volume part 2. Deux. Yeah, Volume 2, which was a great movie. Great movie. Uh, today we're going to look at a movie that was released this summer, July 8th, 2022. Recent. We're going to look at Thor, Love, and Thunder. The fact it's that recent, this is your spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, why? It's on Disney Plus. Yeah, this is Do true. It. Yeah, I would I would tell you, massive spoiler alert. We're gonna tell that massive. to you right now. So if you haven't seen it and wanna see it before listening to us, turn us off. Go to Disney Plus. I think it's even out on DVD. We now. will be there when you come back. Yeah, we'll be there. We're we're not gonna in fact we'll wait. We're gonna we're gonna wait right now for you. How long do you want to wait? I don't know. We'll give them a they couple a of moments. Button. They do, but we'll wait. We're patient. We're very patient people I am here. Not patient. Well, I'm trying. I'm teaching <laughs> you. So, let's Ooh. talk. Let's talk about the movie. The cost of this movie was a whopping two hundred fifty million dollars. A lot of stars. A lot of stars. Holy cow! I didn't even cover everybody, but we're going to spend some time on that today. Mm -hmm. The box office seven hundred sixty point six million dollars. Now. That's a win. That's it's a huge, huge win. But huge. I'm going to say this now, and I may alienate some of our listeners a little bit, but all of our MCU fanboys and fangirls that are out there, this is an incredible movie. This is one of the best MCU movies I've seen. And it didn't get as great a response from the MCU world, I think because it was a much deeper dive than anyone expected. That's true. A lot of them are, are, have more little humor, and there's some little humor in this. But, oh, there's definitely humor. But it's not uh, not the norm, that's for sure. It's definitely not the norm. Be before we move on to that, you know, the numbers, uh, that $250 million budget, went yep. 144 opening weekend. Which is which good. Which, nowadays, Solid. going to the movies. Sure. Um, but only 343 U.S. and Canada. Well, that means it was over $400 million Overseas. Now, remember... I don't think we've seen where it's more overseas. Uh, the lead actor is Australian. True. So I think everybody true, true. in the country goes out and sees anything that he's in. Uh, okay. Which could be. That. Which could be. But I'm not sure. I still think the money response is great to this movie. But people need to go back and watch this. Right. right and watch right, right. it. I'm hoping today we will influence you a little bit. 
if you're a fan of MCU and you really didn't get this movie, to kind of go back and re-engage it and look We're at it through some different lenses. You uh, you definitely picked up on some things. I think people are going to go back and see the second time. Yeah, I'll tell I you what. To go back. And this is a rarity. I watched this movie uh, flying up to Rochester, New York and back. And I was so moved by it, watching it, that I watched it again last night just to re- refresh myself to make sure what I saw really is what I saw. And I am more committed now to this movie than I was originally. Uh, I think I'm going to go back and watch it again with my wife. And she is not an MCU fangirl at all. Doesn't get any of it, but I think she'll enjoy it when I start pointing things out. Let's talk about the director. Now, the director is Taika Waititi, who is fastly becoming one of our favorites here. We have done quite a bit of his work. We have. We have. We've seen that. You know, he did What We Do in the Shadows. Thor Ragnarok is where he entered MCU. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, We did Jojo Rabbit with President Tom Egger from the Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri. We did. Uh, And he's done an episode or two of The Mandalorian. Yep. Uh, Now, what, what makes, I think, Taika what so unique is... He's not just a director. He uses his voice for certain characters. A lot he of voices. acts in some of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's a very, very unique person in the Hollywood world. And mind you, he's only forty-seven years old. And, and we're going to get to his character, but he's a narrator. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No. And we're, we're going to get to that. Let's Good cover stuff. that. Let's. The cast is huge. Huge. So let's take some time on this now. Playing Thor is Chris Hemsworth again. Uh, again, now have we counted how many MCU movies he's been in? This or? Boy, we should count it's that be up. Twelve, you know. As we've been thinking about our hundredth episode, which looms large out there, people, maybe we'll do some of that. These crossover, crossover movies, numbers, we might have yeah. to look at that. So Chris Hemsworth obviously has been in Thor. He was in Thor: Dark World, Thor: Ragnarok. But wait, he was in Avengers. He's he has shown up in Avengers: Endgame, Avengers: Infinity War. Uh, I, I just heard on MCU, I didn't do all I mean, he's just everywhere, but he's also been in other movies, people. Mm-hmm. Now, this surprised me, and this is what I'm circling, because I think we're going to have to do this, Star Trek 2009. Uh, and the reason being is all the actors and actresses we've been covering are showing up in this movie. I have a confession to make. Yeah? I have never watched one Star Trek movie all the way through. You are a broken and tragic man. I want some. When yeah, I was growing up, oh. there was Star Wars and there was Star Trek. I was fully in the Star Wars side. Mm-hmm. Watching Star Trek felt like a betrayal. You felt. So I you never. Felt, you would have felt dirty. Dirty. I know. I, like I'm turning my back on Star Wars, and that's just that's no. just the way it was growing up. You two had di- to. You had to choose two different worlds, two different genres. I, I watched uh, a TV show a couple times, but yeah. I've never seen one of the movies. James Tiberius Kirk. But this yeah. is. Star Trek 2009. We may have to go watch that because oh, you're going to so make me. Many, I think we're going to make yeah. you. Uh, he was also in Red Dawn, the remake of Red Dawn. A lot of remakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vacation 2015. Remake. The, uh, well, that's not really a remake. It's a uh, extension. extension yeah. You know, try to remake. He was in the remake of Ghostbusters, which was awful. I didn't put that down. But his character was delightful. Because that was the 2016 one with the women. I haven't seen it. It's awful. Yeah. But he's really he plays this guy Kevin who is their secretary, and he's hilarious. Right. He really does steal the movie, I think. Uh, he was in 12 Strong, and then in a, um, another one of the franchises, Men in Black. International. He was right. in Men in Black International. Have we done with any of that? With Tiki. Well, with, also with 
uh, as we go down the list with uh, Tessa Thompson. We're oh, going to yeah, cover her. her. They're they're great together, but we haven't done any of the Men in Black movies, have we? None of them. Ooh. I'm, I'm reading. I'm listening to the book by Will Smith right now. Yeah, incredible. I'm up to where he just started touring for the first time. It's really good. We're going to have to we'll maybe have to do, do one of the Men in yeah. Black ones soon. Those are great movies, folks. Or uh, Independence Day. Now playing Jane Foster, who is also the mighty Thor, played by Spoiler one of alert. one of the great actresses of our time, Natalie Portman. She's been in a lot. Well, you know, we all know her for Star Wars 1 to 3 is Padme. Mm-hmm. But did you know she was in Mars Attacks? I miss that one. Oh, yes. And she was also in Zoolander. Yeah, that one's very good. That's a great but movie. I loved her in Mr. Magorium's Wonder Emporium. Oh, there you love go. Love that movie. Cute. Go- uh, also it. in the movie Garden State, uh, mm-hmm. my home, my hometown, uh, home place in New Jersey. V for Vendetta, which uh, we have a guest who wants to do V for Vendetta with us. So we may be doing that one down the wor- down the road. Uh, she was in The Other Bolin Girl, which was critically acclaimed. She was in Black Swan, which was an Academy Award winning movie. Uh, of course, she was in Thor and Thor uh, Dark World right. uh, as uh, Jane Foster and now in this movie. Uh, also in the movie The Closer. She's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I, I saw she was in uh, No Strings Attached with Ashton, Co- Ashton Kutcher. Mm-hmm. And, and I had watched um, Friends with Benefits. Yeah. You know, so I felt like, oh, you can't watch both. I mm-hmm. need to go watch that. But when she was 14, she played the daughter of Al Pacino in one of the most underrated movies ever, Heat. Oh, I know. You love Heat. We got to do Heat. We'll put that on the list. Yeah. Now, playing the the, uh, super villain in this movie, who in the end is really not a super villain, people, Gore. Spoiler alert. And I love this. Played by Christian Bale. Yeah. And we love Christian Bale. We're fanboys here now at Christian Bale. Oh, well, he's just a great actor. Um, Empire of the Sun. Did you know, and I'm going to go in Wayback Machine, did you know he was a voice in the animated Disney movie Pocahontas? I did not. Yeah. Uh, what, Amer- you're going to do our Christ Culture and Cinema movies. Well, we're getting to them. Oh, okay. I'm going in the Wayback Machine first. first. American Psycho. Yeah, Chef. Was psycho. Uh, uh, the Machinist. Then, of course, and we haven't done any of these yet, which is a miracle because I love... Batman. He's my favorite superhero. Uh, The whole Dark Knight series. The best Batman ever made. Period. Uh, 310 to Yuma. We need to do that movie. Uh, Did you know he was in Terminator Salvation? I saw that. I put that Uh, one down. I put that one down. Then, of course, American Hustle. And now let's go to our movies. The the Big Short we just did a couple of weeks back. And Ford Ford versus versus Ferrari. Ferrari, where he is unbelievable in that. And he was Vice. He was, he was uh, Vice, Dick, the Vice Ch- Dick Cheney in the movie Vice. And the movie that keeps coming up, we're going to have to watch, is Amsterdam. That's true. That is keeps that, is coming that a movie or is that a series? That's a movie. He doesn't. He's, he's too big for TV. I, just, I keep seeing that advertised when I go on to IMDb. They're, yeah. they're making a big deal of that. We've talked about it. It's out there. A lot of people seem to be in it. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. We'll have to look it up. We'll I don't know. Now, being the voice of Korg, the rock, lava rock friend of Thor is the voice of Taika Waititi. And we know him in the voice from Lightyear, which we did this season, as Mo Morrison. Uh, He's obviously Korg in Thor uh, Ragnarok and in the Avengers movies, Infinity War, Endgame. He's there as well. Uh, He's Ratcatcher in Suicide Squad, the second movie. They didn't give it a number. 
So it's the 2021 one. It's the second yeah, why one. Why would they not do that? Just I give it something. Know. You want to use a number, give it a name. Yeah. You know, like Thor Ragnarok. That would, would have made Whatever. sense. And then, of course, in Jojo Rabbit, he's Adolf Hitler. <laughs> he's a which, funny Adolf Hitler. Oh, my Lord have mercy. That sounds is, like an oxymoron. But. That's a that's a great movie, by the way, folks. Go back, listen to that uh, podcast. That's go, one of go our, watch a movie first. It's really one of my favorites. We had a good time with President Tom. Well, he had some good insight, yes, I, better than us. I would have never watched that movie would if he you, didn't tell would us. Would you be surprised that he had better insight than us? No. No, me either. Uh, now, uh, going on, let's take a look uh, at... Asa and Mandalorian and Green Lantern. Well, that's true. Well, nobody wants to admit about the Green Lantern. Well, it was so he was bad. in it. So bad. You're in it? Own it. We could, we could do like the five worst movies ever made, and that may be one of them. We'd have to look at the five worst we've seen. Just, I haven't well, seen that one. So. Oh, I haven't. It's yeah. really bad. Trust yeah. me. And I've seen it more than once. What does that say about <laughs> me, people? I just have to say. Sick man. Yeah, sick All man. Right. Now, playing King Valkyrie uh, is played by Tessa Thompson. This is the first one where she's King Valkyrie. Yeah, well, I don't know why they just don't call her Queen. Well, it's I don't, weird. It's, I don't it's an MCU. Get it. It's MCU. They can do what they want. Well, that's right. Uh, but now we know her from Creed, Selma. Creed 1, 2, N3 yeah. is coming out next year with no sly. I'm, I'm a little, little, little nervous about that. And I haven't watched any of the Creed oh, movies. Not a one. Shame on you. See, not a one. Nay, nay, nay. Oh, they brought back Dragos <laughs> and his son. It's so good. <laughs> I haven't watched one. Are, are you a Rocky fan? I am. Then why would you not see Creed? It's because, Rocky extended. It's because it's Rocky 8, 9, and 10, basically. Honestly, after Rocky 2, it got really thin. Oh, you're so wrong. <laughs> Three is excellent. Four is excellent. Five you put up with. Six is good. <laughs> oh, my Come word. On. Come on. Well, we also know her from movies. South right. Dakota, Saltwater, Sorry to Bother You, Brave Girl, Rising. And yep. here, with our star, Chris Hemsworth, Men in Black International, uh, she was in that reboot of Lady and the Tramp. Nice. And she's a vocalist, by the way. She's a singer. She's a singer. And we first met her in Thor Ragnarok and shows up again in Avengers Endgame. You know where she's a singer? Mm-mm. Creed, sorry. Oh, she Better sings there she too. Does. That's her whole that. uh, her whole thing. She's really good. I really like her. She's got such a great screen presence. Yeah. Uh, now, playing the god Zeus. <laughs> My wife actually peeked her head in while I was watching this last night, and I said, "Honey, do you know who that actor is playing Zeus?" And she goes, "Who is that?" I said, "That's Russell Crowe." And her words were, and I quote, "What in God's earth happened to him?" <laughs> He is no longer the gladiator. Now, the amazing thing is he's only a couple years older than me. So honestly. So he's old. So, well, he's old, <laughs> but I'm feeling pretty good about yeah, how I look right now. Look, yeah, he's... Uh, he's put on a couple of pounds. Um, I love Russell Crowe, though, in early Russell Crowe movies. We've never done L.A. Confidential. Right. That's one of the best movies ever made. That's a top 20 movie I'll in my estimation. It. It's really good. Of course, from the book and from... Uh, this podcast, we've done Gladiator. Of course. A Beautiful Mind is one of the mm. most uh, so well done. crazy, well-done movies. Yeah. I've mentioned it here before, Master and Commander, great period movie, Cinderella Man. Yep. And here's our crossover with Christian Bale, 310 to Yuma. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, American Gangster, Robin Hood, Les Mis, uh, goes over to the DC Universe, Man of Steel. Uh, he's over there. War Machine, and I'm still waiting for it. I want to see it. I don't know where I can find it. The greatest beer run ever. 
I haven't seen that. Came out this year. I had nice guys. But, but the go. way he looks right now. And Noah. You forgot Noah. I'm not, I can't mention it anymore. It's that. <laughs> it's back to that bottom It's better for us not seen. to mention never, Noah. Never watch it. I'm just saying, it. the greatest beer run ever. You're clearly, on. he was practicing for that role. <laughs> just clearly, that's what was going on there. Oh, boy. Uh, now, playing Peter Quill. and Remember, folks, the Guardians of the Galaxy are at the beginning of this movie, and that's it. Right. They're kind of the introduction, but they're key people in this movie. We have Chris Pratt playing Peter Quill. Again, Parks and Recreation, Moneyball, yeah, Zero Dark his. 30, the Lego movie, the Guardians of the Galaxy, all the Avengers stuff, the Jurassic World series. And I want you to keep that one in mind. Hold that in your mind. Uh, Passengers, which we, we haven't done that yet. Yeah, we, we need to do that. And, uh, of course, uh, The Tomorrow War, which is one of his movies we've done here. We've done Chris so, Christian. great Chris Pratt, Dave Bautista playing Drax the Destroyer. You, you didn't say Zoe Saldana. Oh, well, we're she's gonna... not in it. Oh, my Stop. goodness. That's Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> 3. That's no, where I'm where sure was Gamora? She's You'll notice Gamora's gone. Yeah, Gamora's not in this movie. Not in this one. But Dave Bautista playing Drax the Destroyer is, again, a movie we need to do. Blade Runner 2049. It just keeps coming up. Everybody's in it. Something's got to be there. He's also sure. in The Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Dune, My Spy, Stuber. Yeah, he's, Hotel Artemis. He yeah. just pops up in all sorts of cool he's places. A he is. Well, he doesn't wrestle anymore. He had no. some back issues. No. He's uh, then playing Nebula, Karen Gillan, again, another Christ Culture and Cinema fanboy favorite here. Uh, we've had her in several, mo- in several movies recently, uh, yeah. most notably Jumanji and The Big Short, but... You know, she's in the Guardians of the Galaxy, the, the Endgame. We don't do enough Tom Hanks. Yeah. And the Circle wasn't one of Tom Hanks' better ones, but it was very deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's true. We really don't uh, do a lot of Tom Hanks. We're going to have to ask people, you know, what what movies they want to do. Maybe for season five. You're talking about taking requests? Uh, we might, yeah. As soon as you take a request, 40 people will give you a request. You do one, and the other 39 are ticked at you. This is true. So no. maybe we won't take no, requests. <laughs> It's like prayer requests at church. Oh, oh we missed it, and now we're in trouble. Shouldn't have gone there. Oh, oh. you went in the dark place. Ouch. Now, playing Mantis is Palm Clementif. Uh, again, Guardians of the Galaxy, the Avengers Infinity War, Old Boys. She's in Suicide Squad she 2021, uh, which is interesting. Save Ralph, uh, which is, I think, a movie uh, Taika Waititi was involved with. The Addams Family, and then another uh, Christ Culture and Cinema movie we've done, Uncut Gems. Yeah. Yep, yep, so, yep. yeah, good stuff. And by the way, you got that, uh, uh, the Adam Sandler movies listed from worst to first. And yeah, where was Uncut Where was Uncut Gems in that list? Three or two. Yeah, ridiculous. top three movie. There you go, my friend. I told you it was good. Uh, playing uh, the voice of Groot is Vin Diesel. Again, Guardians of the Galaxy, all these movies. Uh, Avengers. Riddick, the yeah. pacifier, we know him from all that. And Bradley Cooper, again, a little bit role in this uh, as Rocket, the voice of Rocket. Again, Christ Culture and Cinema, both book and we have done it as a podcast, taking a look at A Star is Born. Star is born yeah. uh, one we probably need to do down the, wor- down the road the, is the America. Well, <laughs> you know, you know. Sorry, I had to just slide we, we might have to do that. American Sniper. No, I was going to say War Dogs. Oh, yeah. We've talked about War you know, Dogs. You know, and uh, our now uh, uh, New York City guest, Jared, 
wants to do War Dogs with us. So we may have oh, Jared boy. back to do War Dogs. That, that's a great movie. It's, it's, it's a true story, and it's crazy. Sure. It's insane. Uh, let's move on. Sean Gunn playing Kraglin. Again, very bit role in this, but there's a little setup in there because every planet the Guardians go to, Kraglin hot, marries another wife. Yeah. They're like, yeah, Kraglin, they're like, dude, you got to stop marrying a woman at every planet we go to. Got to have a Mormon in the cast. Uh, that's okay. I, I guess so. Get, get that audience. You know, he's uh, sister wives. That's, that's, what, <laughs> <laughs> that's what he is. Oh, my and God. He has, he has the arrow now. Are you going to say no to him? Well, he's got the arrow. And did you notice he's also got the headpiece? Yeah. You know, he's got he's, that going on. He's so. working it. But we know, you know, we, squad. we know Sean Gunn from Glee. Yeah. Uh, a movie I want to check out. Lollipop Chainsaw. He's in that. Yeah. I, I have no idea what that's about. Not checking it uh, out. I think I will. I don't know. Uh, let's talk about uh, Darcy Lewis, and this is the assistant to Jane Foster, played mm-hmm. by Kat Dennings. I really like her. She's kind of got this New York, metro New York edge to her. Uh, and we know her from, uh, from her television show, Two Pro Girls. Uh, she's also in Friendsgiving, Suburban Gothic. Little movie, I keep saying we might have to do The House Bunny. House Bunny. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> she was in ER. I mean, she's been around a long time. I was really surprised. But besides the Thor uh, and Thor Dark World movies, she was also a, a key character in WandaVision, which we did last season. The Disney Plus limited release show on Wanda. Really good, good show. Good, good uh, podcast to go back and listen to as well, I would recommend. Right. Uh, playing Selvig, who was the lead scientist working with Jane Foster, is Stellan Skarsgård. And I love his body of work. I was kind of blown away when I looked at it for such a, a little piece. He's literally a, a, a Zoom call with Jane. That's all he is in this movie. Goodwill Hunting. Amistad. Now, mind you, Goodwill Hunting, keep that one in mind. Right. Amistad is a great movie. Dune, Andor, which is now the Star Wars, the new, the new one. series released on what leads up to Rogue One, which is my favorite Star Wars movie. I hate to admit yeah, that. Yeah, that's weird. It's so good. Uh, Chernobyl, which I've told you to watch on HBO Plus. Holy cow, folks, how close the world came to its end. Uh, great, great show. Mamma Mia, here we go again. Uh, he was in the uh, 2015 live, uh, whatever you want to call it, live action Cinderella, Romeo and Juliet, and of course these uh, Thor movies and Angels and Demons with Tom Hanks. Which, again, we haven't done in Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's well, true. we have. Now these, these three I had to mention because they were in Thor Ragnarok and now they're in this movie in the same roles. So we have the actors you're talking about. Yes, we have oh, yeah. Luke Hemsworth, and he is he plays actor Thor, Thor in the little stage show they do when the cruise ships pull into. Uh, it's so funny too. It's so ships, funny with the roller coasters. Yeah. They're they're pulling up in the cruise ships, and now it's a cruise destination for the uh, folks where the uh, uh, where the people are living. So funny. So, but what do we know Luke Hemsworth for? This is obviously Chris Hemsworth's brother. Not a whole lot. Not a lot. Westworld, though. He's, he's the oldest brother. Yeah. Both Liam and uh, Chris yeah. are younger. So Westworld, he's also been in Young Rock, the television show, Crypto, uh, Encounter, and he was he was Wild Bill Hickok in the movie Hickok. 
Oh, I yeah, I haven't checked yeah. that one out. I, I've only seen a little bit of it. I haven't sat and watched the whole thing. Uh, and then playing actor Loki. Here's your here's your little. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Ma- I'm looking at it, going, "That's Matt Damon." Yeah. I never really put it together because it's such a small role in Ragnarok. But in this one, it's they, they do bigger. the whole play. It's a little yeah. bigger. Here's Matt Damon. You know, Goodwill Hunting. Oh, by the way, tie him in with Stellan Skargard there. The Martian, The Departed, The Talented Mr. Ripley, Stillwater, We Bought a Zoo, Interstellar, keep that one in mind, Jason Bourne, Mm -hmm. Thor Ragnarok, Deadpool 2, he has a bit role. He's starting to do these little bit roles. I think he likes it. I think he's having fun doing it. And then, of course, Ford versus Ferrari with our guy playing Gore, Christian Bale. You you also miss another Christ Culture in Cinema 1. Oh, which one? Legend of Beggar Vance. Oh, that's right. Holy How can I... Po- cow, which big is, one. Hold on. The second most listened to podcast in the history of Christ culture and cinema. And people, we don't understand why. We don't understand why. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> Wasn't that good of a movie? <laughs> uh, Rounders. Love him and Rounders. Yeah, Rounders and, uh, is good Ocean's too. Ocean's 11, 12, and 13. Now, good playing the actor Odin. Odin. Sam Neill. Uh-huh. This is Sam Neill. This is Jurassic Park 1 and 3, Sam Neill. This is Jurassic World Evolution and Dominion, Sam mm-hmm. Neill. Now, I haven't seen Dominion yet. I've got I it in my queue. We're going to watch it at home. I don't think I've seen any but the original. Okay, you are a broken man. <laughs> how are, how are we? Watch the original Jurassic Park. I'm not a dinosaur guy. I'm just trying to figure out how are we doing this podcast when you don't see these good <laughs> movies. It hurts me. Oh, my Lord, have yeah, mercy. Yeah, not, not that. But Peter but, Rabbit 1 and 2. But also, look, he's also done The Piano, which was so huge. And we will never, ever forget him. Another Christ Culture and Cinema movie, which you had COVID at the time. I had to do it with our former principal, Jennifer Tanner, now the Empress of Education for the Florida Georgia District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Hunt for Red October. Oh, that's right. I forgot you guys said that. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Montana. <laughs> Best line in the movie. Oh, my word. And don't forget about Bicentennial Man. And Bicentennial Man. Love the late Robin Williams. Yeah, he's in that too. So he's in Grace. Oh, by the way, also in The Jungle Book. But you, you mentioned three. What about the fourth? I didn't mention the fourth. Go for the fourth. Melissa McCarthy? Yeah. Come on. She was actor Hella. Yeah. You know, Bridesmaids, uh, Tammy, Life of the Party, Central Intelligence. Hangover 3. They brought her in for the third one. We should do... You know what movie we should do with those? What? We, we should either do Bridesmaids or Tammy. That's pretty funny. Those are both but, really good movies. But Identity Theft, she was pretty good. I love Jason Bateman. You yeah. You know, I got a thing for... Jason Bateman's great. Yeah. This is 40. And, of course, we have to get in our Bill Murray reference. She's in St. Vincent. Oh. She's the mother. You know, I feel the deeper we go, the less Bill Murray references we have. That's true. I mean, I'm starting to look at this and going, "Ah." a lot," which is why I was glad to find that at the very end. Oh, St. Vincent. I'm kind of thinking right now we've done more. We've done more Leo DiCaprio stuff. We might have to ask Leo to join us. Um, no. But we're 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 not a woman under the age of 25 because he has an age limit of what he will date, which I find fascinating. But that's for another episode of Christ Culture and Cinema. No, Leo DiCaprio. Oh yeah, okay, that's good. No, you got to get your now. I only mentioned two others. I mean, there's so many more we could mention, but uh, playing Axel who is the the boy in charge of all the little kids of the new Asgard when they get kidnapped, is Kieran Dyer. And he's only been in two other things, The Brilliant World of Tom Goods and Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. So he's a kid. I mean, he's a, he does a good job. He does a great job in this. And 
the one who plays Gore's daughter, who is given the name Love, is India Hemsworth. Do you know oh, who she is? Oh, she's a Hemsworth, so I had, one of them. That's Chris Hemsworth's real daughter. Chris, okay. 10-year-old daughter, and this is her first movie ever. First anything ever. I didn't realize it was her because of the makeup, because they make right. her look more like a desert person, and he looks like a Norse god. Uh, so you don't see her real fair skin and the like, uh, the way they do the makeup. Did, did you do Did you do Carly Reese and I missed her? I don't think I did, no. So I added Carly Reese. She played Meek. And the only reason I added her yeah. um, is she's actually a stunt woman. Yeah. Most of her credits, she's got 33 credits as a stunt woman, only 12 as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet here she is in the MCU playing Meek. So I thought that was pretty cool. Well, you know who else was in this movie? From the Game of Thrones, uh, the one who pl- the one who's the uh, little person actor. Who's that? He's one of the gods. I don't even. I didn't even list his name because when they go into the seat to recruit the gods to help them, there's Zeus up front talking, and there's all sorts of actors and actresses working with, yeah, um, or you know, around Zeus and all this. And he's one of the other gods sitting hmm. next to him. I mean, it's 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 crazy. That's all little know. bit roles, which is why it is a two hundred and fifty million dollar budget. Yeah. Yeah. Now. We have spent a lot of time talking about the cast and the setup for this one because I really do believe this is an important movie and there's a couple of different ways my mind went while watching it. Uh, The movie opens up with Korg as the narrator. Uh, So Taika Waititi is narrating what's going on for the setup. And we have Thor is on adventures with the Guardians of the Galaxy. But but Thor is kind of, he's not one of the team. They're not his people. Um, and, you know, the Guardians are taking on bigger and bigger things that they really can't handle. And when they need Thor, they call him in. And then Thor does what Thor does. And he destroys or defeats the enemy. He's not real careful about how he goes about doing it. And everything around him kind of collapses and falls. Uh, you know, that's what you're, you're, you're sensing and feeling this tension. Uh, and as Korg is, is talking about this, he says about Thor, Thor has lost. It's kind of a reveal of his life almost. Yeah, he goes, yeah. Thor has lost his mother and his father. I love the line. He's lost his brother. More than a few times. Because <laughs> Loki dies and he's not dead. Oh, yeah, and he comes back. And, and then he goes, and he lost Jane. And uh, he goes, Thor is done loving, but he's not done fighting. He has given up his search for love. And, and I, this is, you have to pay attention to this. This is such a critical moment in the early part of the movie. Because then... As they're showing this with Thor, they flash over and they talk about Jane Foster. And Jane Foster disappeared after Thor Dark World. And we didn't see her. Well, we discover Jane is at a cancer treatment center battling stage four cancer. And a guy sitting next to her is reading her book. And she goes, well, that's me. And he starts talking to the, she starts talking to the young man about it. And trying to explain how these how space unfolds and how the the bridge works, and he goes, he goes, 
Have you seen the movie Interstellar? That does a really good job with this. And all I could think is, as I flip back and I look at my my list, there's, you know, there's, uh, you know, in it. people in yeah. it. You know, so it's kind well, of a she great. She rips the page out of the book and pokes the hole in it to try to explain yeah. travel. Yeah. And he's like, you just ripped a page out of your own book. Yeah. Yeah, but now you understand it, right? Now you understand <laughs> it. But it's so good because there's, you <laughs> the know, Matt, Matt Damon, who, oh, by the way, is in Interstellar. It's such a great little reference there. But. Here you have Jane. She has cancer. And I love when she says, I know people are going to treat me differently. She's got to fight this her own way. And when, you know, as she's as she's talking with her, her assistant, Darcy Lewis, Darcy says, maybe it's time to play the hunky Viking card. And Thor, and that's, she starts thinking about Thor. And she starts thinking about Asgard. And she starts studying on Mjormur, the hammer the broken hammer of Thor that's calling out to her. She feels this call to go to it. Now, why is the hammer calling to her? Hmm. And Korg reveals this. He says, because when Thor and Jane were together, Thor asked the hammer to always take care of her. And that's a beautiful... sitting broken in a box right now in the display in, case. In Asgard, new Asgard in a box. For the now, uh, cruise people. Now they flash back because Thor Thor realizes he is not a guardian of the galaxy. This isn't going anywhere for him. And the guardians need to go their separate way. And Peter Quill says to Thor, and I'll have to clean it up because there is an expletive in this, but I think it's an important <sighs> expletive. He says, you know, he says to Thor about love. That crappy feeling is better than empty. Crappy's good. And I think crappy works. And then he says to him, and Thor is like trying to process this, and he says to Thor, if you ever feel lost, look into the eyes of the people you love. They will tell you who you are. And then the camera pans back, and they, they show you Rocket and Groot and, and Drax the Destroyer. And then when they get to Nebula, and he goes, well, maybe not that one. <laughs> <laughs> but Quill understands this notion of love because that's who the guardians of the galaxy are. And, you know, not for nothing, it really is this kind of biblical understanding of love, of philia love. And the Bible has four different understandings of love. Uh, and this is a Greek word that expresses deep and abiding friendship. Words such as beloved, dear, confidant, my best friend, come to mind for this kind of love. This is what Jesus expresses when he says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. That's John chapter 15, 12 to 14. And Peter Quill has that. He has real peace, but he knows Thor does not. Right. Now, Thor's got well, And Korg. it shows the way he shows up to these battles, kind of like, oh, la-di-da, I guess I'll do this. Yeah, yeah. And I'm he, here to save you. He's got his friend Korg, who's like all in. Korg is just his buddy. And now they've received two goats for saving this planet. They are massive goats, which are hilarious. I would love to do their scream because they, like, scream at the top of their lungs. They're pretty funny. They're hilarious, the goats. And Thor leaves the Guardians. And he's alone again. Uh, he is wow. absolutely at a loss. He's alone, but he has goats. Well, he's got Korg. goats and Korg. Now, there is that cry out. As as Gore, the you know the uh, destroyer of gods, 
is uh, have we set up Gore's story? Yeah, let's talk about we, we Gore should, for a moment because that's kind of a that's the start of the movie, it and that's the very start of the movie. So Gore is this desert dweller with his daughter. He is dying. She is dying. The people are wiped out. There's he's famine. Praying to his God. He's praying desperately to his God, and then his daughter dies, and he's laying there, wounded, hurt. Uh, fatherly guilt, mm-hmm. all of that, and there's an oasis, and he crawls to the oasis, and there's discarded fruit and water, and it's lush and it's green, and he starts eating, and who's in the middle of it? His God. His God. And you know when he cries out to his God, it's kind of an interesting moment. He says, he says to the God, a God who requires fealty but provides nothing is no God. <laughs> and the God laughs at him and he says, there's no eternal reward and there will always be more people to replace you. Suffering for your God is your purpose. Oh, sounds like what Martin Luther felt. Well, oh, well, there, there you go. And then oh. Gore, Gore happens to see this blade that uh, will slay the God. They defeated the guy who had the blade, the gods, and he picks it up and the blade consumes him and he kills his God. So now he's the slayer of gods, and he's on a vengeance mission, and it's over the loss of his daughter. Now, we don't really get that at the beginning of the movie, but he's a wounded, wounded man, and he's trying to eliminate all the gods out of his pain and anguish for losing his daughter. The the god, after he kills him, or is about to die, he says, you're going to be cursed. Mm -hmm. There's that great great line, it feels more like a promise than a curse. So this is my vow, all gods will die. Yeah, all gods will die. Because he's angry. Yeah. Lost his daughter. So now, as he comes to new Asgard to destroy Asgard, collect the children so he could flesh out, you know, flush out Thor... Uh, Thor shows up on the scene, and guess ha- guess who happens to be there, flying around with his broken hammer now, all back in one piece. Ah, oh, Jane oh, Foster, and she's now the mighty Thor. And when she throws the hammer, it it breaks up into all those pieces. It takes out <laughs> takes many, out many everybody. more than just one solid swing. Uh-huh. But I love the interchange when finally. The battle comes to an end. Gore has stolen the children of New Asgard, and Jane and uh, Thor have a moment to talk. Jane laughs and goes, wow, it's so, so good to see you. It's, it's, it's been a few years, and I love Thor's answer. It's been eight years, seven months, and six days. Give or take a few. Uh, yeah, Thor is, Thor is entirely lost without her. And here comes his great admission in this moment. Because he remembers what Peter Quill told him. He says, it is better to feel crappy, fill in the other expletive, about losing love than never having it. It's Mm. at that moment he realizes how important that relationship of love is and that Jane Foster provided that for him. Uh, Thor says, I want to love you. Jane Foster's, uh, I want to love for you. Jane Foster's response, I have cancer. It's just, it's a gut punch right there at the moment. It's the hammer that's keeping her alive is what it is. That's all it is. She doesn't have the hammer. She's going to die. That's where it's at. So this movie now is on this trajectory of Thor and Jane reconnecting with a deeper bond of love, even though Jane knows this isn't going to last because she's probably going to die. And Thor 
realizing it is better to love and and love completely than to never have loved at all. And I think this is kind of that fourth and most intimate understanding of biblical love, which is agape, mm-hmm. selfless, sacrificial, perfect, and pure. It's the pinnacle of the love mountain. It transcends human relationships. It expresses the divine. Uh, you know, the Gospel of John captures this kind of agape in this way. Uh, it's John three sixteen. For God so loved the world Ooh. that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, the question is, how do we do that for each other? Uh, he expects, you know, God expects that of us, and we kind of expect it of each other. And, and I kind of come back to, you know, when when Jesus is restoring Peter, uh, the first uh, two times Jesus asked the question, uh, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter answers using the word agape. You know, you know, Lord, I love you. Both times Peter shrinks back, knowing that generating that kind of sacrificial love is hard, but he tries to answer. And then it's the third time when Jesus says, you know, Simon, son of John, do you love me? But he uses uh, philia, this kind of brotherly love. Right. And... It's, it's kind of an interesting moment, because uh, at this moment, Peter could never generate agape love all on his own. But in repentance, filled with the Holy Spirit, he himself now can provide this agape love. And I think in a real way, Thor needed to go on the journey in order right, to understand right. the real love he had for Jane Foster and she for him. I really think if you're going to read out of a book, you should at least uh, cite the author. I'd only be fair. Well, we'll get to that at the end of the podcast. No, I meant because you're reading out of your own book. (laughs) Well, to be honest with you, I'm kind of stealing it from the movie The Princess Bride. Well, and, and that's right from the book, Christ, love, Culture, yeah. and Cinema. I you, mean, that's what it is. There's your cheap plug. Go buy the book. Cheap plug yeah. on Amazon. But, but it is. It's that part of love of what drives us to do anything we do. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it goes back, that quote, uh, Gore says, you're not like any other gods I've killed. He says, well, because I've got something worth fighting for. You're yeah. absolutely right. All of a sudden, it's Thor finding purpose in love. Yeah, at this, love, at this culminating scene when they get to eternity, right. which is eternity will grant the first person who gets there, their wish, their desire. And everybody thinks Gore is trying to go there to wish that all gods would be gone, would be perished. Because he was angry. And because he was mad. But and as they, more to it. as they get to this scene, and there's Gore, there's Thor, and there's Jane Foster lying there dying because the cancer has now taken over and the hammer is not with her. And Thor says to Gore, I know your pain. And Gore responds, I put my faith in the higher power, and she died. I mean, that's his pain. Yeah. You know, he's, he's in pain. And it's really kind of an interesting moment because Gore, you know, Gore looks at Thor as he turns his back on him and is going over to Jane Foster. Yeah, do you have that quote? Yeah, and it's, uh, where do I have this? It's a a great quote. Go ahead. You've won. Why should I spend my last moments with you when I can spend them with her? Yeah, there it is. Yeah, so good. Love is all any of us really, really wants. And he goes to Jane, and he thinks he's about to perish. Thor thinks he's about to perish. And what does Gore wish for? All of a sudden, 
his daughter comes walking out from eternity, born from eternity. And Gore is now he's going to die because when you ask for your wish, you also die. And Gore looks at Thor because he's holding Jane and he looks at Thor and he says, I'm dying. She will be alone. And it's Jane who answers and says, she won't be alone. And then Jane says to Thor, keep your heart open. I love you. And I want to think that's the agape moment of the movie there. And then Gorth says to Thor, protect my daughter. This one he's been battling. Mm-hmm. Because he knows Thor is a good, loving man, God. And Thor all of a sudden has something to live for. He has something to love. It really goes back to the beginning, you know, when I'm when I'm thinking about these things. Thor is no longer giving up his search for love, as as Korg says early on in the movie. Instead, love has found him. And that is the crux of this of this moment, because then uh, they flash forward, you know, Jane dies in this moment. And uh, Gore dies in this moment. And the little girl's name is Love. And that's the title of this movie. Love Love and Thunder. And Mm -hmm. And Thor is the god of thunder. And I love how even at the end of the movie, she, she doesn't call him dad. It's really sweet. I don't know if anybody picked up on this. But when they're going out together, they're going to battle because, oh, by the way, she was born of eternity. She's a god. <laughs> so she's got crazy powers. When she when she uh, kind of uh, eye blasts his brand new uh, frying pan, he's, hilarious. he's making her pancakes. And she goes, I don't like pancakes. You do like pancakes. And then she, I don't like them. And she mind blasts the uh, frying pan. That was a brand new frying pan. And you're going to eat your... And so it's a like a father-daughter moment, and but what does she call him? Uncle Thor. So there's a def- defined it, it shows role. What's happening, yeah. And that means Thor must be reminding her of her father and, Gore. And they go to fight together. And then they go out and they fight together. I think this is a brilliant, brilliant movie. I really do. I think it's depth and it's a deep dive in love. And, you know, Jane Foster dies. And like I always say about the MCU universe, you gotta watch the credits, people. Because at the end of the movie, uh, we get the setup for the next Thor movie, which is going to be, you know, Thor versus Zeus and Hercules. Because uh, Zeus is a little mad that he stole his lightning bolt. Not happy at all. And tried to kill him. That would be a small problem. Uh, but also, we got the other little the little uh, MCU uh, piece. There's Jane Foster. And she's, What's going she's on? greeted by Axel's father uh, in Valhalla. And he says to her, you're, I, you've died, you know, and yes. And he goes, you are welcome here in Valhalla. And that's how it ends. So I think Jane Foster's coming back as the mighty Thor. But you have to die in battle to be in Valhalla. There's that one scene where the one well, she did. thought she was and goes, well, your arm will yeah. be in Valhalla. Yeah, your your arm, your <laughs> arm will be in Valhalla. But I will tell you, love is, is incredibly interwoven in this whole movie. And I think MCU fanboys and girls really miss that. I... I there is a great storyline in this movie. And I want to come back to what Peter Quill said. That crappy feeling is better than empty. Losing love is better than never having love. Now, Peter Quill, we know, is going to be on his own journey, probably in the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie, looking for love 
from his his beloved Gamora, who's missing. They're probably going to be looking for Gamora. That will be my guess. That would be a good part since she wasn't in this one. Right, which leads to and our... And family. And, you know, right, love. And right now, Thor is learning to love by loving love. love. Loving this daughter. I think it's just a beautiful thing. And maybe Jane Foster will come back as the mighty Thor. We shall see. Because... Thor is coming not, back in another movie. Not Lady movie. Thor. The Mighty Thor. The Mighty she Thor. She made that very clear. Yeah, she's the Mighty Thor. She doesn't have a good catchphrase yet. You know, a no. good uh, catchphrase. Yeah. You know, she's got to work on that. So, uh, you know, and you can't use hammer time or anything. I be, I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't go there, you know. It really got me She'll thinking, by the way. It's funny. You know, I listened to a variety of music. And if they really wanted to bring a Guardians of the Galaxy feel to this, as they were going out to battle at the end, there's a Stephen Bishop song. You can go look it up on Spotify called Everybody Needs Love. And it would have been the perfect. I was sitting there last night thinking this would have been the perfect song. They need you. Wow. While this is going on. Yeah, that would have been everybody needs love it's a great song it would have been good with them going out and battling the enemy now having said that that leads us to our question of the day who have you loved and lost that they just either fell out of your life died what have you you know i kind of i'm I'm reminded of that with so many funerals i've done over my ministry and watching people suffer and endure how has that love molded and shaped you how does it continue to remain with you how do you mourn it but how do you also celebrate it how has that love impacted your life today and to the day that you close your eyes in death and see them in the kingdom i i think that's a a really good question we kind of walk away with from this movie uh i just i'm really moved by this one this is not your typical this and i would tell you guardians of the galaxy volume two are two very untypical MCU movies. Yeah. There is incredible depth and relational depth, which isn't what typical MCU fans are seeking. But I think it's better direction to go. It gives us more. Now, if you're really enjoying our podcast, we would ask you to consider leaving a rating or review or both, depending on whatever podcasting platforms you were looking at. And yes, today we did quote direct from Christ, Culture, and Cinema, How Faith and Films Intersect. You can pick up that book on Amazon. Now, next time, we're going to prepare ourselves as we head towards the end of this month in Halloween. We're going to go a little bit in a Wayback Machine to an animated Tim Burton classic. We're going to look at The Nightmare Before Christmas. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. Thank you for joining us for Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his assistant, Michael Pop. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. <laughs> <laughs>